Good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Obviously, I'm not Pastor Rich Summerlin, but I'm Dylan Maverick filling in for him today. Pastor Rich sends his love. He's actually flying with Nick, or he's trying to fly with Nick as they avoid the weather. Um, Nick's got some training to do up on the north side of the country, and he's going to be flying with him to make sure he gets up there safe, and they're trying to work that out. But he sends his love, and I'm filling in for him today. So I hope you're blessed by the program. We've got a very special podcast show for you today. We're going to be live with Brother Ray Bench today. I'm so excited about it. And uh, we're going to have him jump in here in just a second. But let me pray with you, welcome you this morning. Pastor Rich, like I said, sends his love to you. And I uh, hope you're blessed by the program as we go forward today. So I'm going to just share this post, make sure we get it shared on a pl- our different platforms. And we're going to jump into the podcast here. This is going to be a very blessed uh, uh, and uh, a good program we're going to have for you today. So love you. Thanks for being live with me today. If you're live and you're watching, be sure to hit the share button, hit the like button. Post it to your page, um, whatever, wherever you're watching from. I know we've got a Get Up With God is live with me. It's kind of a mixed program. Um, I've shared it on these multiple platforms. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all the different platforms that you can imagine. Uh, thanks for being with me this morning. So let me jump on here with Brother Ray, and I want you to welcome to, to the program uh, Brother Ray Bench. It's good to see you this morning, Ray. Hey, how you doing, Brother Dylan? Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, it's such it's not only is it exciting for me to have you on, it's an honor and a privilege uh, with well, the stature that you are and the, uh, the history <laughs> that you have. Uh, I'm very honored to have you on this morning. So if you you just want to greet the people and, and then we'll jump into some of the things that we wanted to talk about for today. All right. Hey, everybody. Of course, Ray Bench. I have what's called Many Waters International Ministries. I travel and preach now full time, but I didn't start out that way. And uh, we're going to talk a lot today about how I started out. But basically, we're going to talk about the Ministry of Helps and helping your pastor build that local church and uh, what you can do to get involved. And it helps him and it helps you. And um, it'll just be the joy of your life when you get into it. Amen. Well, awesome. I'm excited about it. You know, to give a little credentials, you're a humble man, Ray. And I appreciate that. But Ray's Ray's a, a busy minister. He's he's got a book schedule. He's out preaching, uh, ministering the gospel. But he has followed and helped uh, Dr. Mark Barclay for many years and served underneath him yep. and helped him. And I wanted to talk to him a little bit about today um, what influence that's had in his life, uh, how God's used him in multiple areas, and how that's been used for promotion in his life. And so let's jump Amen. into this, Ray. Um, I want to start off with a couple questions. And then we can just be led as we go through it and, and kind of go All from right. there, okay? So sure. the first question I've got for you, and um, you can take it away, use scriptures, however you want to handle it from here. I know you've got a lot in your heart about it. But the first question I've got is, um, what is the importance or what can serving in ministry do for a Christian? All right, well, let's, you know, you and I can kind of tag team this, Dylan. I'll, I'll answer, you help me. Um you know, this is my background, my testimony. The Lord visited me uh, before I ever met Dr. Barclay. I was just saved. You're talking back in 1985. And he said, I want you to teach. And my first thing was, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to say. I don't want to teach things that are wrong. And I said, you have to send me to somebody who can show me how so that I do it right the way you want this done. So long story story short, in uh, 1987, I met Dr. Barclay. I came over to his church to hear Lester Summerall preach, if you know those names. 
and uh, I came to the church, and, and I knew I was called to preach, but nothing was really working other than we were in the church. And I built my whole life on Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 6, following after Stephen the deacon, because I was reading his story one night, and the Lord began to show me how, how Stephen had preached. And the Bible says that his enemies in Acts chapter 7, they weren't able to contend with the spirit of wisdom. That's actually late Acts 6. And then in 7, it says, they weren't able to contend with the spirit of wisdom that was upon him. And then when he finished his sermon, it says, and they were cut to the heart. And I remember I bowed my head that day in, in prayer just at my kitchen table in my little trailer. I said, God, where did Stephen go to learn? How did he know you? How was it he got the spirit of wisdom? Where, where do I go? Where is this Bible school? that I go to? Is there some underground church in China that I don't know about? Should I move, relocate? And that's when the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, read it for yourself. Stephen never went to a Bible school. Now, God's not against Bible schools, and I've gone to one, went to SMTI, Dr. Barclay's Bible School, for all three years. But he said, look at that. And so I began to study, and where the phrase is, Stephen, they were cut to the heart. It says there that <clears throat> Stephen, um, you know, sorry, let me back up. They were cut to the heart. That same phrase is found in Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2. And the latter verses, it says, when Peter finished his sermon on the day of Pentecost, they were cut to the heart. And that's when the Holy Spirit really dealt with me, Brother Dylan. He said, Stephen didn't go to a school. He began to come into that local church that was, and honestly, if you read Acts chapter 6, he didn't come there to be a preacher. He came in there to take care of the widows and to hand out benevolence. But he so fell in love with the ministry. He so fell in love with the house of God. He got busy doing things to help his pastor, if I can say it that way, Peter, James, John. I would think primarily Peter. But I'm not dogmatic on that. Anyways, and as he was there working and serving, the anointing began to get on him. And we find in Acts chapter 6 that it says, and he had a healing ministry. He would lay hands on the sick and people would get healed. A similar thing happens to Philip. Philip begins to come in at the same time as Stephen and he begins to serve. And in serving, Philip becomes known as Philip the Evangelist. Later on, he has four virgin daughters who prophesy. And it says that the Apostle Paul, when he would travel through the area, he would stay in Philip's home. So Philip not only had his own ministry, but he became prosperous enough. You know, Paul, he never traveled alone, right? He always had a whole group with him. But Philip would take all of those, and they would do kind of like joint meetings, and he would host him and be a blessing to the Apostle Paul. But he learned that working in the helps ministry back in that early Book of Acts church. And that's how I patterned my whole life. So... I, I came into the church, I had my own call, I had what the Lord had spoke to me, and I just began to get busy helping my pastor. If pastor was going to a meeting, I would ask if I could go along, if I could drive, I could wash the cars, I could fill the gas tanks, I could do anything. Uh, some of the first things I ever did was just show up and, and I would begin to paint the walls. They were putting desks together in the office, new desks would come in. And I would come in and I would assemble all of those together. 
And a similar thing happened. As I began to serve somebody else in their ministry, the anointing began to come on me. And then slowly, pastor would ask me to preach. And then he'd say, I want to ordain you. I want to license you. And then over a period of time, finally in 90, sorry, 2004, um, well, let me back up. In 91, they hired me full-time, and I worked in the gospel, which was a blessing. And then in 2004, I got sent out, and I've been traveling on my own ever since. But what I found, honestly, to tell you the truth, I found laying underneath my desk, as I would come in early in the morning when I worked for Dr. Barclay, and I would lay underneath my desk and ask the Lord to anoint me for the day. Lord, don't let me forget one phone call. Help me, Lord Jesus, not to let one item get through the cracks. Make me good. I've prayed this a million times. i prayed it before we started today. Lord, make me good at what I do for you today. Help me do it with great excellence. And in doing that, that's how I found everything else that I'm doing in the ministry. It just one door opened after the other. My wife is now one of the leaders with the children. As you know, my son is the uh, head pilot for Dr. Barclay's ministry. My daughter and her husband are deacons in our church. And I found life, kind of like Stefan did, I found my ministry when I began to help others. I want to jump in, um, Ray. Um, go I have a question. I don't mean to interrupt you. But do you think in today's society it's been lost in terms of what people understand with serving a man of God or a woman of God and how that benefits their life. Do you think that's been lost in translation today? I, I really do. Um, the scriptural pattern, right? Everybody that we know about, Moses didn't just happen. Jethro, the priest in Midian, raised Moses up. Elijah with Elisha. There was many young people there from the school of the prophets but God found that young farm boy, brought him into the school of the prophets, but he kept him serving alongside of that prophet. And then 20 years later, the anointing transfers over to him. Now, there's no guarantee if you serve, you're going to become, quote, the next prophet. But the idea is, is that everybody, Dylan, that we can see in Scripture, now there's some we don't know, right? We, we don't have background on Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. But the ones that we know, they were all busy serving and helping, and that's how God raised them up and began to bring them into the ministry, and they found the anointing of God. So my, my situation now and bringing that into what you're saying is, is I think people want to just get saved and then launch. They want to start their ministry or they want to begin to do, or they think they're going to find God in like some new strange way. But I like what Dr. Hilton Sutton, I know he's a friend of your ministry before he went home to heaven, a friend of your pastors. But Dr. Sutton said this, that one of the whole reasons he believed in what was called the rapture still is, is he said God's system, the way God does things, he took from Lot and Noah, was that he raised, he raised the righteous up out of the judgment before he brought the judgment in. In other words, this is, if I can say it this way, this is God's style or God's modus operandi. My thing is with the helps ministry is even if it's been forgotten, which I believe it has, it is still God's way. It is still God's style. You can't update God. He was never outdated. So you can't change the way he does things. He's not, he's not mutable. He doesn't mutate. He doesn't change. So if you want to know God, you have to go back to what the Bible says about how to find him, 
and you have to follow those ways. Is everyone called to serve a man or woman of God, or only a select few people? Or is this? No, I, I believe, I believe everybody is. You know, if you take your your New Testament and just think about this. The book of Romans was to the church of Rome. Cor- Corinthians, first and second, to the, book, to the church in Corinth. Ephesians, Galatians, Colossians. Timothy was even pastoring a church that the apostle Paul had started. We have all of these books because they were letters to local churches that the apostles started. Once Jesus left and Ephesians 4 came and, and the, the fivefold gifts came, then these local churches formed, and from there... That is how we get all of the scriptures. Even the book of Revelations was sent to the seven churches. It didn't just get published in a newspaper somewhere, right? So it's good to preach the gospel everywhere, but at some point we have to become disciples and get hooked up to a local church where we can serve and begin to work. So kind of the short, that's the long answer, but here it is in brief. Um, I believe in serving because I see it in the church, but my, my or in the scriptures rather. But my wife serves, my daughter serves, my children all serve, my grandchildren are being raised in the house of God. Why? Because that is where they'll find God. Yes, in the scriptures. Yes, at the altars of God. But as they take care of somebody else's ministry, then the Lord begins to work for them. Wow. Amen. That's really good. You know, you mentioned before that you you were serving your pastor, helping him, and then you came on full time. Uh, you know, does the same blessing, or I should say the same uh, anointing and blessing, come to a person that's not called to full-time ministry? Maybe they're called to the marketplace ministry. You know, maybe they're called to own business and run businesses and not be in full-time ministry. Does that same type of blessing that when they serve, they help their pastor, does that come on them? And, you know, what can they expect from that type of servitude and within their ministry that they are a part of, the church that they're a part of? Sure. Well, I mean, absolutely. Just think about the Shunammite woman that gave to the prophet. She wasn't called to the ministry. Evidently, they had enough income to build that whole room for the prophet when he came by. But the anointing came on as she began to serve and to take care of him just when he came through. And she received a son from that. She, You know, I mean, she became a great blessing. The anointing came on her. And we have different people throughout the scripture. The truth is probably... Of the whole body of Christ, only a select few are going to ever get paid from the ministry. Um, churches just usually aren't able to pay every last person that they need. You know, in our church, I think we have three or four hundred volunteers out of the, you know, maybe five or six hundred people that come here. You can't pay all of them, but everybody has a part to play to make the ministry go and to take the anointing uh, into their areas, whether it's the children or the youth or whatever's going on. Yeah, I've heard people say, you know, I I've, uh, I work for a living or I own a business and, you know, I talk to people about Jesus, which is great. I talk to people about Jesus and I minister at my workplace or I minister at the store or I minister at the mall. So I don't really need to get involved in ministry because my ministry is telling people about Jesus. What do you say to people that say that type of thing or have that type of mindset? Well, I think they've got it part right, right? The Bible says we all have the ministry of reconciliation. So they are seen, um, and they're, they're correct in that that is their call. It's just not complete. The rest of that is, is that they also find themselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in the latter verses, that helps. Everybody's called to help and to do something. 
Um, again, long before David was anointed to be king, he was playing his harp to be a blessing to King Saul. Long before um, Peter became the great apostle, he was rowing the boat in order to take care of Jesus. So everybody, again, that we can find in the scripture, uh, the anointing came on them as they served. Whether or not they were working full-time and getting paid from the church doesn't really seem to matter in a sense is that they still had the same call or the same responsibilities. Amen? That's good. That's really good. What do you see, I'm going to try and simplify this question, but what do you see is happening right now in the body of Christ in the times that we're in, especially with people being involved in church, even just going to church in general? What do you see is what's happening right now in the body of Christ in the times that we're in? Well, I think that there's been an emphasis on other, let's say, other truths, um, people have focused on other things besides serving. And in a sense, the gospel has kind of gotten into extremes, either on one side of the ditch or the other. And we've only focused on certain things. But the whole general, if you read your scriptures, if you go back to just the Bible itself and not what it's morphed into kind of modern day, the whole Bible talks about humility. It talks about helping it talks about that the greatest among us is the servant of all. Jesus said, I am one among you who's washing your feet. In other words, it's, it's kind of like, take notice. Watch how I'm doing this. This is what I'm looking for in my disciples. You know, Dylan, one of the verses that I've been preaching lately is the disciples tried to decide who was the greatest among all of them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure if you're Jesus, the last thing you need when you're dealing with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, um, people trying to throw you off a cliff, getting ready for the cross, is to come home and your disciples are trying to figure out who's the best of all of them. It's like, seriously, guys, that's, that's where you're at today. All these people to help and you're worried who's the best one. He said, no, I'm not. My kingdom doesn't work that way. Don't bring what you learned in the world into the kingdom and expect me to change it. I'm not going to. He said, you want to be somebody in this kingdom, you start serving and you start helping. And that, honestly, none of that has changed in all these years. So you can have different emphases, if you want to, on, on your church or particular doctrine, but you can't leave these basics of how God works. Yeah. One thing I've, um, I've always wondered how, and you can't really naturalize spiritual things, right? Like, Right. You putting your own agenda and your own plans to the side to help another man's ministry or another ministry at your church, you know, especially someone like you who has a calling to preach and to travel and help ministries and help people, the people of God, putting off your things to prioritize someone else's doesn't make sense in the carnal. Right. And, you know, how do we make that make sense to people that aren't spiritual to say, hey, it's if you prioritize someone else's, God will bless yours. Well, I think, you know, we call ourselves word of faith people and, and we, you know, we're, we're word people. So let's go to the word. No one gives you your own field until you're faithful in another man's Jesus Christ, red letters, new Testament, rock solid scripture. The other portions of that really is promotion comes not from the North, the South, the East or the West. God sets one man up, he puts another man down. So promotion comes from the Lord, true promotion. You can manipulate, you can market, you may even get man's approval, but that doesn't give you the anointing. 
But if you'll do things God's way, then the anointing comes, whether it's with with the children or with music or, as I do, traveling and preaching. But that all comes from just obeying God and doing what God has called for you to do. But doing it his way, like you said, that's, that's the key. And it doesn't matter what's popular today or not. That's how God's working. Yeah. It, what do you say to someone? I, I think um, this question will kind of open up a can of worms, and I don't mean it to. But <laughs> it's all what right. Do you, what do you say to someone who doesn't have a, quote, home church? They, they just kind of bounce around. Um, they, they don't call one place home. They, they try out different churches to get the, the vibe or the feel of things, and they kind of go where they feel like they want to go and things like that. Can, can that person thrive like that? Is, is that really what God has for them? What is? Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, sure. You know, the Scripture says those who are planted in the house of their God shall flourish. You, you have to get planted where God wants you. You can't just get planted where God has got everybody else. So I understand if, like, you're, you're new to an area or you're new to Jesus Christ, you might have a season where you're driving to this church and driving to that church, and really what you're doing is your homework. Because I went through that. Uh, God, where do you want me? But then once you find that place, that was 1987 for me. Once you find that place, you have to settle in. That's when you go from just becoming a Christian to being a disciple. And there, when you begin to serve and you begin to work and you begin to put your hand to the plow, that's where you grow and you mature. That's good. You know, um, uh, you can be a man and still have a weak handshake. So are you a man? Yeah, you are. But there's no strength in it yet. There's no, you know what I'm talking about? You're not going to really make another man if you're just weak. And I'm not talking about being, you know, strong physically, but my point is, is there's a difference between just being a guy and being a father and being a man. And if you really want to grow in God, you've got to find people who know God and they're strong in God, and they're solid in God, and they're mature in God, and they're not, they're not wavering around. And that's the beauty to the local church. Once you find that, like your pastor, take Pastor Summerlin, he's going to, you know, if you're flying all around each side of the road, sooner or later he's going to get a hold of you, right? And he's going to put you dead center of the road where you belong. And that's what you need. That's what I needed. I don't need a thousand different voices. I need the one that God's got for me. Amen? Amen. So that's, you know, um, to me, you know, I used to teach my son, Nate. A lot of people have heard this, but when he grew up, I said, you know, Nate, even when he was five, if you're going to shake a man's hand, shake his hand. I don't care if you're a five-year-old man, you know, boy going to be a man. Let him know that you're on the other end of that. Get serious. And that's kind of my thing with people coming in and out of churches. Get serious with God. Settle down now. Put your roots down. Set your feet in concrete. This is where I belong. And let whether the good times come and go or not, I'm going to establish myself in the house of God because this is where I belong. So I don't want to go too far down this hole. I told you this might open a can of worms. (laughs) But you're talking about being a man and, and holding your own do you think that the lack of people being churched and having home churches and being pastored and etc has an influence in what's going on with transgender movements the homosexuality in our country does that have anything to do with it oh absolutely you know 
this whole trans thing, my pastor was preaching on this in the 90s. He was talking about gender blending, literally late 80s even. I've known this was coming for 30 years. None of this is new to me. Because once I found my church, once I found where God wanted me and I stayed there, then God begins to prepare you for the days to come. Amen? And, and you know, it's just like what we're talking about. You, in the days of John the Baptist, Jesus said this. He said, you know, once he was gone, he said to the Pharisees, when you went out into the wilderness, what did you go out to see? He said, a man dressed in fancy clothes, and the word for that means an effeminate man. Did you go out to see a sissy? Is that what drew you out to the wilderness? No, it's not. John was a man and a strong man. You don't, you don't start a baptism ministry out away from town unless you're bringing the fire, right? So this guy, he's, he's standing up strong. He's preaching bold. He's calling out the governor. He's calling out the Pharisees. Brother, I mean, he's lighting them up. And, and he had a spine. He had a backbone. He knew who he was in Christ Jesus. Uh, tell me that doesn't sound like Pastor Summerlin. Tell me that doesn't sound like Dr. Barclay. And so, you know, even Jesus, he's identical to that. He's telling his guys, you roll through the night. But Jesus, there's a storm. I don't care. I don't care. Get through it. Beat it. I'll show you how to beat it. Then, then he says, where's your faith? In other words, I expect you to be as determined to do this as I'm determined to do it. So anyway, it's, uh, you got no, me preaching, but yeah. You're, on, the, you're yeah. on point. I hear it so much from people that they feel, they use the word condemned. But they, mm. we know, we know uh, those that know the Holy Spirit. We know that that's conviction. They feel convicted, and the world is translated to the the, the church is judging me. They are yep. condemning me. Uh, yep. But really and truly, it's like you said, going back to your reference. You know, Pastor, I call him Dad. I, I wear two hats with him. He's he's my dad. He's not biological, but I call him Dad because he's fathered me for many years. But he's a pastor to me, and and I don't get offended at correction. If he says, "Hey, no. stop doing that. That's dumb," okay, I stop. I don't even think twice. But even if it makes sense <laughs> to me, it must yeah. not make sense to someone who I, you know, uh, I'm uh, submitted to. Well, w the world today, you, you, they correct you if someone's corrected immediately. Oh, I'm, a, I, you know, I'm being judged. I'm being no. You're not being judged. No one's judging you or or making fun of you or condemning you. We're literally just pointing out that you're you're in the ditch, brother. We're trying to get you in the middle of the road here. You know, I don't That's understand why why is it so hard? We know there's an enemy, but we, why is it so hard, especially for the Christian, to win these people that are uh, that are so blinded to it? You know, we have to. There's something we have to do, and I think there's a lack of. Uh, I think the Christian body, as we were talking about, they aren't submitted to their church, to their men and women of God, and we're not having the effect on society that we should be having. Do you agree with that? Right. Yeah, I agree. I think the verse for that is not to, is James 1, if you're double-minded, don't think you'll receive anything from God. If you can't figure out who your pastor is, who your church That's good. is, That's good. you know, and one day you belong here, one day you belong there, then eventually you get confused and it affects wow. every part of your life. That's good. That's really good. I mean, to, I've never heard that scripture referenced in that way to in James. Most people reference it to faith, confidence in God, mm -hmm. that if you're double-minded, but Hey, if you're double-minded, if you don't have a solid home church, 
you don't, you're not submitted right. somewhere. You're double-minded. You're, you're, there's no right. way for you to have the impact that God intends for you to have if you aren't submitted and following somebody. That's right. That's, That's right. good. That's good, Ray. You know, there's, I think we should probably say, you know, there's, there's extremes. You and I are fortunate. Your pastor lives holy, one wife. He's always been right with God, walks with God. You know what I mean? My pastor is the same way. In all the years I've been with him, I've That's never even heard That's foreign in society of, today. That's foreign today. But yeah. Go ahead. But, but in all the time I've been with my pastor, I've never heard a, a coarse joke. He doesn't talk or use words that are on the edge of okay or not. He just stays holy and stays with God. Now, you can submit to that. You can follow that. The truth is I admire that. That's what I seek to be myself. Amen. So I understand if as over time you're serving in a church and the church or the pastor wanders off into sin, you're going to be forced to make some decisions. And I understand that. So that isn't something that we're talking that's the norm. That None of that ever happened in our, in you know, Peter, James, and John. We don't have any of that in the scripture. So the scriptures don't necessarily address it. But I understand if a person wants to move on from that kind of an environment. But once you settle again and you say, okay, this is my church, this is my pastor, then eventually you just dig in and you get pushed in the vision. Amen. Ray, this has been very helpful for me, enlightening for me. Um, is there anything else you want to add uh, as we end the podcast and the broadcast here for anybody, anything that's on your heart? No, I think, um, I, I think Dylan, just, I've been doing this now since you talked, you know, I got saved in 85. I started helping in 87. And that's what now, 35 years ago. So this isn't, for me, these teachings, this isn't Bible theory. This isn't, you know, like if you were talking theories or things, I hope this is going to work. This is rock solid to me, canon of scriptures. I've proven this works. If you'll come in and serve and get busy and helping in a true church with a true pastor, if he's playing games, I, I, you know, I understand that's not necessarily where you want to live your life. But if you're with a true church and a true pastor, then you can settle in and get busy and get helping, and you will find the hand of God as you continue to do that. Amen. That's, Amen. You know, uh, if I had just come out of college, with a lot of nice ideas, I would understand people having questions. But I've lived my whole life this way now. Amen. Pattering after Stephen, I'm telling you, this works. The Bible works. Amen. Amen. Any regrets serving your pastor and helping no. him? Helping? <laughs> no. No. I think like all of us, you know, mistakes were made. At times, I should have done something better, different. So you always, you know, you got to get past all of that. But I have a phrase, nothing makes me quit, not even my failures. Amen. And That's I've been good. staying with that. That's good. I'm going to use that one. I'm going to steal that. Once I <laughs> use it three times, it's mine. I blame it as mine. Um, Ray, tell everybody while we're on where they can find your stuff. How do we locate you online? What's your Facebook? Tell us a little bit about sure. how we find more information about you. Thank you. The easiest way to find me is just raybench.com. Bench is spelled kind of funny. R-A-Y, Ray Bench is B-E-N-S-C-H.com. And all my CDs are downloadable there, and you can find me. If you'd like to partner with me, obviously that's a blessing. Um, partner with Pastor Summerlin and, and um, such, and obviously that would be your first op op or option. But at the same time, just raybench.com, and if you can email me or you can see my itinerary if I'm in the area. I'd love to have you come out to a meeting. 
Awesome. Awesome. And you've got a book schedule. I know you posted your schedule on Facebook. You're going to be traveling yep. the country over the next couple of weeks. And then Amen. Um, something that's on my heart, I've, I haven't called you or texted you, but I know me and you communicate outside of this kind of setting, but I'd like to right. do it in front of an audience now. You need to post more of your your minutes on Facebook and Twitter <laughs> and different social media. They're powerful. Okay. I mean, you get a lot well, of people because they're short, you know, they're not long yes. broadcasts like this. Yes. So, and they're powerful, they're anointed, they're powerful, and they're very, very dynamic in those, those minutes. So I'd encourage you to do more Praise of those. God. They're very helpful to us. All right. I'll get them together. You yeah. got it. You're a general in the faith due to what you've served <laughs> and what you've gone through. We thank you. Ray, I love you. Appreciate your time with you us too. today. We'll see you soon. All right. Love you, brother. Thank you. Well, thank you guys so much for watching live this morning. I appreciate you being with me. Let me pray for you, um, and then we'll maybe even do some confessions real quick just to kick off our day. I know it's still early, 9.30 in the morning, um, but let's uh, let's take some time and pray and just receive what the Lord's done for us this morning. That was good, wasn't it? Go ahead and hit the share button while you're watching. I know we've, we've gone through a podcast here, but hit the share button. Uh, be sure to share it on your social media platform. Hit the like button as well. It lets us the, use the algorithms on the social media platform that you're watching from to get the word out to other people. Just lets Facebook and Twitter and so uh, you know uh, uh, YouTube know that people are watching and gets it out to other people. But let me pray for you. Lord, I ask for your blessing now over anybody and everybody that's watching in Jesus' name that you'd help them. Lord, we thank you for the word that you've given us through your brother, uh, through your son and your our brother Ray, that he's helped us and help us grow. And we ask that we'd receive it and you'd sow it deep into our hearts, that we'd grow and flourish of a harvest of this uh, information that you've given us today and for revelation on it in Jesus' mighty name. Say this with me. Say, I'm healthy, I'm strong, and I'm full of God life. No sickness, no disease, no pain, no symptoms of disease in my body. My family's healthy. My family's strong, full of God life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this I'm Dylan Maverick. I'm standing in for Pastor Richard Summerlin. Like I said, he's flying the ministry plane with Nicholas. They're, they're going to get some extra training. He's helping his son make sure he can get there safely. And uh, they're trying to you know wiggle through this weather that we've got here in the south. But uh, we pray for him, he's, his safety, and he'll be fine. But he'll be checking in with you guys soon. I love you so much. Thanks for joining in today. Be sure to go to richardsummerlin.com. Uh, partner with that ministry. There's magazines. I thought I had one here on the desk. I guess I don't. But uh, the, he's got magazines that come out tw every two months powerful articles and it will keep you grounded in faith and continuing on when you're out of church on a Sunday or Wednesday and throughout the week you've got something to read and and stay nurtured in the word of God it's important that you do that so richardsummerlin.com you can go to the church website newwaychurchfl.com a lot of stuff going on there you can check that out and see all the events and things we have going on get plugged into ministry if you can but I love you be blessed today talk to you soon and we'll we will uh, see you next time bye-bye